the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to the Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we are serving in Wesley Chapel in Tampa and Brandon in our newest location in St. Pete along with Conexion, our Spanish-speaking congregation. We're honored to serve the listening audience of Tampa Bay's Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 WTBN. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King. Lord, thank you for bringing us to this season. A season where we get closer to you because of the intensity of our meetings, the the blessing, the appointed times that you have for us and our reaction to those appointed times. Lord, we praise you. We bless you. We pray, O Lord, for revival. We pray for worldwide revival. We pray for revival in Israel. We pray, O Lord, for revival in the United States. We pray for revival in Tampa. O Lord, we pray for revival amongst our Jewish people. Father, pour out your Spirit, Lord, and let us see you reign both the the first reigns and the latter reigns, Father. Just reign upon us and let us see that harvest. So we bless you, we thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. Well... We have uh, completed uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and we've talked about Sukkot as well, which is the time we're in right now. And uh, we have a wonderful uh, sukkah, which is in front of our synagogue, fairly large one. We had a wonderful time decorating it on Tuesday evening with our children, and uh, and today uh, we are having a service which is really going to uh, end the time of Sukkot. It's um, Sunday evening tonight begins what is called the eighth day in Scripture, 
It says this in Leviticus twenty three thirty six. For seven days you're to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. The eighth day will be a holy convocation to you, and you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. It is a solemn assembly. You should do no laborious work. These are the Moedim of Adonai, which you are to proclaim uh, to be a holy convocation, to present an offering by fire, a burnt offering, a grain offering, a sacrifice and drink offering, each on its own day, besides those of the Shabbatot or the Sabbaths of the Lord, and besides your gifts, all your vows and all your free will offerings, which you give to the Lord. So this eighth day is a special day. And you can join us for this celebration tonight at 7 p.m. This is in South Tampa, corner um, Bay to Bay and Manhattan. Uh, now, what we're doing is we're combining the celebration of this appointed time, which is the eighth day, with a, a traditional holy day called Simchat Torah. Simchat Torah means the joy of the Torah, or the joy of the law, or the joy of instruction. By the way, do you find instruction joyful? Amen, you should. In this service, we roll back the Torah because we've finished the readings, the parasha readings in Deuteronomy. So we read from Deuteronomy, then we roll back the Torah to Genesis. This is an incredibly joyous service. We march around the synagogue seven times to great joyous music, everybody taking their turn and carrying the Torah. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So come uh, this evening, 7 p.m., bring your Jewish friends. We love visitors. We love guests. So it would be a blessing. You know, since the seventh day of the Feast of Tabernacle completes the harvest festival of the great fall harvest and therefore represents, in a sense, in God's plan, the final day of harvesting and ingathering, the completion of the salvation process and God's plan with mankind, I believe the eighth day represents living with God eternally. Amen. So let's we, we we just scratched the surface last week with applying the principles of the holy days to you and and affectionately the this is known as the nine R's, the letter R, because what I'm gonna talk about today, and it might get into next week as well, are these principles representing uh, the letter R, and each one of them is important. And I believe not only is it important in our holy days, but it's important in our daily life. We see a... a um, the, uh, the, the way we are supposed to react to God. And... So let's look at these. I'll list them first, and then we're going to go and talk about them in depth. So the first R is reflect. The second is recognize, meaning recognize our sins. Third is repent of our sins. Fourth is redeemed as our sins are forgiven. Fifth is reconciled to God and to man. 
Number six is to receive God's love and mercy. Seven is to rejoice in the Lord. Eight is to remember the Lord. And nine is to retell about the Lord's love. And I believe uh, that after we do those nine things, the results are we are renewed, we are refreshed, we are regenerated, and our faith has become relevant. How's that for a number of ours? (laughs) And when you are revived People are regathered to the Lord. And when you are revived, that's the beginning of corporate revival. It starts with each one of us. So let's look at this one at a time and think about how we can do this not only at the appointed times, but that we could do this daily. Number one. Reflect. As we get quiet before the Lord, are we reflecting? God gives us the ability to think, and he touches our thought life. And as we think deeply, carefully, mull over, contemplate about who we are in God, it's an amazing thing that starts to happen. God reveals things to us. So as an example, in Job 2020, because he knew no quiet within him, he does not retain anything he desires. So the converse must be true as well. Because he knows quiet, he does retain all that he desires. And I believe that God is calling us to a quiet time with him so that we can retain the very things we desire because when we have quiet time with God, our desires become God's desires. It just works out that way. Oh, God has designed this beautifully. Faith chooses the spiritual over the physical. By faith, we take time with the Lord. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before Adonai, the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Some of you say, hey, there's no use to this staying quiet before the Lord. He didn't say anything. I didn't hear anything. And so there's no use. But you have not waited Patiently. Sometimes we have to just deal with God's timing on this. Have faith and wait patiently. Luke 5.15, But the news about Yeshua was spreading all the more, and many crowds were coming together to hear and to be healed of their diseases. Yet he would often slip away into the wilderness and pray. If Yeshua often needed to slip into the wilderness, into his war room, into his closet, into a a place where he is alone and pray, then I'm sure we need to do likewise. Amen? So the first step is to be still before the Lord. 
The first step is to quietly wait for him to speak. The first step is to reflect and be patient. God will speak to you. Come to him daily and just order. Just make an order, so to speak, like we go to a restaurant and say, Lord, speak to me this day. I'm telling you, sooner or later, God's going to do amazing things. One of the things he does is the number two thing. We recognize our sin because of that reflecting time, and he places an understanding of what sins we have committed in our hearts. Now, a lot of this will depend on humility. Humility really is depending on God and trusting in him rather than trusting ourselves. You know, we make ourselves lower, uh, a lower estimate of our importance. I believe that a strong self-esteem is, is important, but still understand that we are not as important as God. Our importance even comes from God. The world is not big on humility, accountability, and respect, but I believe those are the linchpins of understanding and seeing and recognizing the sin that is within us. What keeps us from this? Our pride depending on ourselves, the thought that we've got it together. And that pride is motivated usually by fear and by hurt. In Proverbs, let's look at a few of the Proverbs. 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. God hates pride. Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes shame, but with humble is wisdom. Proverbs 13.10, by pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Aren't these great scriptures? Proverbs 14.3, in the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Proverbs 16:18 Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 21:24 a proud a proud and haughty man scoffer is his name he acts with arrogant pride. Proverbs 9:23 a man's pride will bring him low but the humble in spirit will retain honor. There are many places in Scripture that talk about pride because pride is such a difficult issue. So, as an example, Leviticus 16, verse 31, which Leviticus 16 is all about Yom Kippur, it says, It is to be a Sabbath of solemn rest for you, that you may humble your souls. It is a permanent statute. Deuteronomy 8.2 says, You shall remember all the ways which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. God 
is looking at your heart. Are you depending on him or are you all about yourself? Where is your heart? Where is your heart this morning? Answer the question. God is looking for a humble and contrite heart. In Second Chronicles 7.14, how often do we hear this scripture? And my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. This is why it is so hard to recognize sin. We know that murder and stealing is, are both sins, but how we talk, that's not sin. People needed to hear the truth, right? We just had to tell them the truth. So it doesn't matter how, they just needed to hear it, right? No. If they had done that to you, you would have exploded. James 4, verse 16 says, But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, whoever knows the right thing to do and does not do it, for him it is sin. Hey, look, just read all of James 3, and we see the the tongue is is one of the the great um it 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 it, it is a great uh part of our body which we use every day but we use it for sinning how many of you are not willing to look at the way you speak as sin how many of you say as long as i speak the truth it's okay That's not what God says. God says love never fails. Our speech should be totally filled with love, even in correction, even in explaining the truth. Whatever we do, love should be part of it. So our second part is to recognize our sin. Once we recognize our sin, the third thing is to repent of our sins. Psalm 712 says this, if a man does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. Now, there are two ways to understand the scripture. It's kind of an interesting scripture. Because it can go two ways. If a man does not repent, he, meaning God, will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready, meaning he's about to, you know, attack you, so to speak, for not having a repentant heart. Or you can read this. Both It works both ways in Hebrew. It's really hard to decipher which way it's supposed to be. The second is, if a man does not repent, that man will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. In other words, the man, an unrepentant man is always ready for war. And that is not God's will. So, we see either way you look at this scripture, not to have a repentant heart is is really a travesty. 
Acts 2, 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be immersed in the name of Yeshua the Messiah for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful scripture. Again, encouraging us to repent. For obvious reasons, we need to repent so that we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is, I believe, uh, strengthened when we are closer to God. And when we sin, we know that we're further from God. Not because he leaves, because we leave. Acts 3.19, Repent therefore and return, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I love this scripture. Acts 3.19, let's do it again. It's such a great scripture. Repent therefore and return. So it's not only saying, Lord, I'm sorry, but you return to a better place. You're getting closer to God. That your sins are blotted out. God wants to blot out your sins. I know people don't generally blot out your sins, but God does. And that's why it's worth repenting. That's why it's worth returning. We've got to get closer to God. What happens when he blots out your sins because you've returned? Repented and returned, ah, there's times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Some people in the presence of the Lord get scared and shaky because they know they've been a sinner and they haven't repented. But you know, the repentant one gets refreshment from the presence of the Lord. Some people say, well, I have my quiet time and nothing happens. Well, nothing happens because you haven't repented. You haven't come before the Lord and he hasn't blotted out your sins. And so you're not getting refreshment. You're getting agitation. (laughs) So repent and get refreshed. Refreshed. Because God's presence will give you great joy, great peace. It will be refreshing. We need strength of character in order to repent. It is not for weaklings. We need tremendous strength. Number four, after we have asked for forgiveness from the Lord, we've, we've been redeemed our sins, we've been brought closer to God because we are redeemed. Our redemption is, is complete. And we can do this on a daily basis. This is what I'm telling you. And I want you to understand Deuteronomy 9.26. I prayed to the Lord and said, Oh God, Lord God, do not destroy your people and even your inheritance whom you have redeemed through your greatness whom you have brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. There's the physical coming out of Egypt, and there is the spiritual coming out of Egypt. And God wants you to come out from the sin and be redeemed and be brought to the promised land, where, which is his presence, so that he can come close to you. Oh, this is such an amazing thing. Look, we only went through three and a little bit of the R's. We have six more to go. You've got to come back next week for this. Amen? 
Listen, we're out of time today, but next week we're going to continue this. And if we have time, we'll look at mikvah and baptism because our congregation is going to have a mikvah service. And I'll tell you about that next week. I pray this show has strengthened your faith. For as God is faithful to his Jewish people, remember, he is also faithful to you. Would you kindly help support this radio program you know if you'd like to give financially just call the office that's the easiest way to do it speak to karen say i'd like to give some money for the radio program to help support it it would really be a blessing the phone number is 813-831-5673 Now, you can also email me with questions or comments at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. So tonight is the beginning of the eighth day. Come join us for this celebration at 7. We're going to have a great time. Remember, we're at 4320 Bay to Bay Boulevard, corner Manhattan and Bay to Bay. We love visitors. Come and bring your Jewish friends. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close with a word of prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.